Warren Buffett I mentioned yesterday. And his model was very simple. I mean, he bought companies that had great management in place. Some of them he didn't talk to at all. He just wrote them a letter once a year. Like if something happens to you, who do you think should replace you? But he just trusted the manager that already had a great track record to run that said business. your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. We're back again today with Andrew Abernathy. I've enjoyed this interview with him. I've learned a lot and I hope that you have as well. If you didn't hear yesterday's show, please go back and do that. Remember, he's the founder and CEO of Abernathy Holdings, a real estate holding company. He started investing at age 13 and has had many ups and downs and done lots of different things. And you're going to hear and learn from him again today. Andrew, welcome back. I'm looking forward to just continuing the conversation, but diving into now some skills that you've developed, right? And, and helping the listener and I to do the same. If the listener, hey, if you're just tuning in today, I hope you will go back and listen to yesterday's show. Andrew shares his story, just an amazing journey of leaving the family farm, but pursuing his passion. Uh, and we dive into a number of things around that and some, I think, some just crucial steps that he took uh, and really the Man, the persistence and consistency and passion to move forward here many times, but making the right connections uh, and how he did that, how this success, uh, I mean, just many times over uh, in a very short period of time and doing some amazing things. So welcome back, Andrew. Thank you. Excited to be back. Yeah. Well, I know you have, you've learned a lot about people, right? And teams and you're growing, you've grown numerous businesses and bought numerous businesses. And now, yeah. As we talked about yesterday, you are, sounds laser focused, right? In what you're doing now. And, and, but I want to dive in there. Bringing people together, right? You even said before we started, that was like a superpower of yours. And when did you learn that? Is it a skill that you learned or is it something just like you figured out, hey, I, I realize I'm passionate about this thing. Did you read some books around how to manage people? What was that? Because it's a skill we all need if we're running a business, right? No, that's a great question. I mean, there's a lot of different management models. And one of the first people that I fell in love with when it comes to business was, again, Warren Buffett, I mentioned yesterday. And his model was very simple. I mean, he bought companies that had great management in place. Some of them he didn't talk to at all. He just wrote them a letter once a year. Like, if something happens to you, who do you think should replace you? But he just trusted the manager that already had a great track record to run that said business. And all of his managers ran their businesses differently, right? Warren Buffett wasn't saying, okay, all of you change your management models, right? It was a very delegated system, a, spoke, um, a, a wheel spoke model, hub and spoke, excuse me. And so that's kind of the model I started with, grew to realize that I was actually really good at it. I mean, when we bought the equipment dealership, I hired an individual at the time. He was, I think, 34. Luke Stewart came in, tripled the business, and he still is running it today. He's got 27 employees. And we talk every couple of times a week, but he's doing a great job. He's passionate. He dreams about equipment. I mean, you can see the passion, right? I would never take him and put him in the construction role because he wouldn't be happy. Could he do it? Yes. But would he be happy? No. Same with the development company. Same with the construction company. We've got five different leaders of departments. And I'm there. I'm a good cheerleader. I'm good with meshing it. So in our business, storage, we have a land team that all they do is look for land. They find the site, they entitle it through the city, it takes about 12 months. 
Well, then that needs to all be passed on and all the information and all the due diligence has to be passed on to our construction crew. And the construction crew builds it, takes another 12 months. And we need the rental equipment from the construction company to build it for the construction equipment. And then it goes to public storage to manage, right? All of our buildings are branded public storage. We just own them. The point though here is all of these passionate managers, they need to be able to connect and have a similar vision, right? We all have the same goal in mind. And that has been something that I've been very fortunate and lucky to, to put together. So Yeah. Well, I, I want to back up just a little bit. You talked about the guy that's running your equipment business. You know, he, he was, he's passionate about equipment, right? I love driving big equipment, by the way. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but, but he was passionate about it. I think it's such a good point and not said often enough. Well, you're not going to go expect him to go run the construction business, right? Nope. Uh, and he may be able to do it, but it's very different when it's something you're passionate about, right? right. And something that you love. You can just see it when somebody starts talking about something that they're like passionate about this thing, right? Uh, yeah, is it, it's almost maybe a way you find their passion, but how have you done that? How would you say, hey, how did you find him for one? But then even in other parts of the business, other types of business, how do you know that this person's passionate about this thing? Yeah, so I've met these individuals a lot of different ways. Usually it's through someone. So when we bought the equipment dealership, my mistake was I actually didn't have a manager set up before I bought it. So that could have turned out bad. But I was very fortunate to get introduced to Luke Stewart. He drove from Idaho to Montana. We met once and I could tell that he loved it. I mean, he's been in the industry since he could first work. He's never left it. He's a top salesman for one, one company. And he's kind of went through the ranks from sweeping floors to management. And I knew it was the guy that I wanted. You could tell he was honest and loyal and he didn't bounce around company to company. He had a great track record. All he wanted to talk about was the equipment. You can just tell, right? If you change the topic or do something, he always brings it back. That's passion. That, that is a, a subconscious, sub, that's subconscious passion right there. Another example is for our, when we started in self-storage, I said, I don't really know anything about self-storage. I should probably find a guy that does. And so I was introduced to, to Nate Mayhus, and he's been in storage for 15 years. And when he talks about it, I mean, you could just feel the energy, kind of like me right now talking about the business. Like, I love it. I, I'm energetic about it. That's them with what they do. Like they're all different, right? Passion comes in a lot of different packages, but you can see the package. It's the package is very bright, very obvious to me anyways, like passion just shines through. And then trustworthiness and work ethic and all of those things follow, but passion is always number one. Yeah. Love that. Where does Andrew fit in the business now? You, I don't want to back this up a little bit. You. You did all these things, right? And, and you were successful at most of them, right? You, you did a great job. But then you had this mentor tell you, hey, you're good at nothing, right? When you're trying to do so many things, right? So, so you focus then on the self-storage space and developing self-storage, right? That is your one focus. What's Andrew's one focus with, within that? Because it sounds like, hey, I had to find somebody that was an expert in self-storage, right? And you brought in that expertise and that passion about this asset class. What's Andrew's focus in the business. Yeah. So, I mean, every week I talk to each manager, president of each division, at least a few times, right? So, I mean, just keeping up to date on what bids are. So, we have the construction president, development president, got the CFO, controller, we got everybody kind of doing their thing. So, my job is to really stay involved. I still have investor relations. So, we've got 80 investors in Abernathy Holdings plus Gary as a joint venture. 
I am fortunate. My wife and I still own 32% of the company. And then our management has prior success. A lot of our management has wealth built from you know, prior success. So they bought into the company as well. So our company, our managing members own about 50% of the company. And so, but anyways, all the other AD investors reach out and I know the gist of every division. And then obviously if they're short on money or need money, I'm the one that I've raised every dollar. So I go out and raise the money. I'm just kind of bouncing all over the place right now. So it's, it's really fun though. Cause it's like, I'll go into one office and we're sitting there talking about, we're trying to get the construction numbers down $8 a foot here. And this is how we're going to do it. Then I'll go into the next one and they're like, Hey, we've got five sites in, in contract for our next dirt pieces. And here's all the ones we have now go to the next office. We're talking about banking terms so I can go on forever, but I'm just bouncing all over the place. Any, any other tips around managing all the employees that we hadn't talked about? Actually, the only people that I work with are the presidents. Each of them have their own staff, and I do not tell them how to pay them, how to incentivize them. I have advice here and there if they ask. Our incentive programs are different across each division. The only payment plans and incentives that I set are for each of those presidents that I talk with. The other 37 employees... I have no, no connection with. I mean, so I are they know. incentivized like in a bonus structure type or KPIs, something like that? Some are. I'm a big believer in the best investments in your people. So when we, when every facility we build, we give away three percent. Some goes to the development, construction, right? Some of their team members. So every hundred we build, we'll give away three, which is pretty good. And when I say giveaway, we loan it in. So our money plus 10% interest, plus the bank debt all has to be serviced. And then they would get their percentage gift above that. So kind of a profit share. And then we've also allowed the level below our presidents. We've allowed them to buy units in Abernathy Holdings at a more simpler long-term payment plan so they can own part of the shares of Abernathy Holdings, which owns everything. So we've done those two, two levels of incentive plans. Wow. And then okay. incentivizes people to want to get there because they want to have access to that. Speak to meshing these teams around the same vision. Yeah. So I've been really lucky. It's funny because I was watching this, this documentary on Branson, Richard Branson the other day. And there was a clip in there where they're like, the, the guys at Richard Branson, like, when are you going to get to space for a space company? He's like, oh, we'll be there. 2023 or whatever it was at the time. And then the camera goes to his team and the team's like, what? We haven't even designed it. Like, we're not going to get there by what? But he always does this. And then it goes back to Richard. He's like, this is how I get the team excited. So that, that's kind of me. The point is, is I'm the guy that's like, all right, I want a hundred of these by 2030. And I tell each division that, and they're all sitting there doing their math. Like the land guys, like I need to find this many sites, the construction guys, like I need this many people, but and, but again, I, they're already, they're actually on track. So to answer your question, I don't know how to pinpoint how we've done it, but we have a fun energy around the office and I always throw crazy goals, such as the one I just said, and everybody buys into it and wants to do it. They want to see it. They want to build something bigger than them. And I don't call them employees. I call them partners. And that's just what they are to me. And every single one of them is going to be crazy wealthy if we can hit, achieve these goals and they can do whatever they wish with their capital. But every single one of the people that are presidents, like I've said, they've had past success. So as Warren Buffett says, 
how do you hire someone that doesn't need to be there financially? Only way they stay is passion. And Warren Buffett's done that. He'll buy a company for $3 billion, and the guy that he buys it from stays and runs it. He's obviously not motivated by money. He doesn't need more money. And that's what I look for. I mean, these guys are here because they want to build something big. Love that. That's a great tip in finding people right there. Yeah. That is a great <laughs> a good tip. Sign. Wow. Andrew, I mean, we could keep talking about this a long time. I know it. But I want to get to a few final questions before we, before we run out of time. And But, you know, you are, uh, man, I just love the story, by the way, uh, as well. I want to remind listeners, go back and listen uh, to yesterday's episode as well with Andrew. But what are some of the most important metrics that you track? It could be personally or professionally. As in like when we're looking for land or give me, what do you mean? Anything that? that's important to Andrew specifically. It could be how many mornings you get out of bed on time. It could be your bench press number. It could be how many deals you're looking at. Yep. So for me, metrics are ground breaks and openings. Because if we want to get to 100 facilities, I have a certain number in my head. Four ground breaks this year, six, and we got to get to 12 a year and so on and so forth. So I keep an eye on that. The other metric would probably be capital needs. I, we've raised a lot of money. We're done raising. But if I need some more capital, I keep a close eye on cash burn. Because with that kind of development, we're burning cash. It's we're setting a lot out the door and building. So I always keep an eye on that. And then in my personal life, I always try to wake up and stay home up until about the kids leave for school. And then I pick them up every day at, from school as well. I have three beautiful boys and a wife of seven years I love. And so that's really big to me. And since January 1st, I have been focusing on uh, working out and eating better. So that is a new goal of mine to stay around a while. <laughs> yeah, good for you. What would you say the number one thing is that's contributed to your success? I would say high ambition, crazy goals, and never giving up. I mean, that sounds cliche, but it's real. How do you like to give back? So, yeah, that's exciting. So we, I, after talking with some investors and stuff, I learned that giving money efficiently is as hard as making money efficiently. So, for example, you can go on the street and give somebody a buck, right? But how do you know, is that efficient? So what I did was I... I source some people that are changing the world in human trafficking. Again, it's all about focus. Human trafficking struck a uh, guitar chord with me and it's something that I've been really passionate about pretty much since I probably had our first kid. And so anyways, I went and found partners. I was in Chiang Mai, Thailand, actually, this January. And these individuals are there doing the work to fight the fight. Well, they need capital. And so I created Abernathy Foundation. It's a 100% pass-through conduit, very simple. And there's 50 million people in trafficking today. And 13 and a half of those kids are slaves, right? So we went there and figured out, okay, we have a group, for example, that is trying to raise some capital, but they don't have the knowledge of how to raise it in, in, in Thailand. So we, we send over marketing material and the knowledge and help them raise capital to go fight the fight. Well, that one, every dollar invested into that turned into $9.73. So that's a huge ROI, right? Because you teach, them, teach somebody how to fish instead of give them fish. And then we also they donate money to build houses and college educations and, and things of that sort. So the one thing that we did, we tied off of it is it's called calling guardians. A lot of companies, they tell their employees, hey, if you guys want to donate to a cause, let us know, maybe we'll match it. Calling Guardians is different. So Calling Guardians is where companies come in and say, we're going to donate a dollar every day per employee that you show up. Regardless, you can match if you wish. 
So every podcast that I've been on, and I'll say it today, I will match the first 200 employees that sign up. So that's a $48,000 annual gift. I'll match it through the foundation. And it's just an awesome way for companies to give back and to show their employees that they're coming to work for more than just coming to work. They're coming to work to save kids across the world. So the foundation's a big passion of mine. I can go on forever, but it's been, been awesome. Awesome, Andrew. I appreciate your give back in that way. And even just raising awareness, right? If nothing else, man, it's such a horrible, horrific crime that happens. I, I think under our noses all the time, I and mean, we don't even know it. Badly. I've just learned a lot everywhere. of it. Yeah. yeah. It's hard renting. It, almost no matter how rural of an area you live in, it's happening and, and I hate it. I just appreciate your desire to make an impact there in, in a big way. So Andrew, you've definitely given back to us, the listeners and myself, grateful to have had you on and, and man, just be encouraged by your story, right? Your path and your drive. And, and it's encouraging to me. And I know it is to listeners as well. Again, tell them how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. It means a lot. I got a personal website, andrewabernathy.com. And that kind of has links to everything. But if not, abernathyholdings.com also is our company website. And then I'm also on uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, Andrew Abernathy. Again, you'll find me there. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today.